We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. Nation, what is going on? Welcome back to another episode here of Setting the Pace. I'm your host, Alex Golden, and I'm joined today by the president of the Jermaine O'Neal Fan Club, the only NBA, only Pacer in NBA history to be on an all NBA second team. Jermaine O'Neal, that's Michael Fachi right here, ladies and gentlemen. Fachi, what's going on, man? In the building, as always, represent for Jermaine O'Neal and these Indiana Pacers, but I know that was one of the recent trivia questions. I got to say, some people are buying into trivia. I had Babe say earlier, I'm killing it on trivia right now. And I was like, what? So (laughs) Yeah, she's been answering. She got the most recent question correct. I don't want to spoil the answer for anyone who, you know, maybe hasn't done it yet. But get in there. Those questions are fun. It's just, uh, you know, when there's no Pacer basketball on TV, it's always uh, interesting to keep your mind sharp with some of the past. Absolutely. And And it's always fun to talk about former players. And if you listen to the show... There's a good chance that the answer will be in the episode that was released before the trivia question because it's what we do. We keep it fresh over here on the microphone. So that's what we're going to do today. And we're going to talk with our next, uh, we're going to talk about our next player in our season goals series. That's Andrew Nimhart. And so this will probably be the last one that we do as an individual episode. I think we have a few more left. We're going to talk about the rookies, the veterans, and then the bigs. So we got three more episodes left to do for our season goals, but Wanted to close out our solo one this week with Andrew Nimhart and Fachi. You know, I'm a big fan of his, probably the biggest fan on this show uh, of him. I probably would say I'm a bigger fan of him than you. Yeah, se- I love him. I, I, my I second favorite him. pacer right now on the roster. So, I mean, it's he's definitely up there for me. Look, I, I, I mean, obviously, I, I love me some Obi Top and all that, but the fact that Nimhart has come on our show twice and just the fact that it's like coming up from 31st overall pick. Yeah. To then starting 63 games for us, not playing on opening night 
and then being such a huge part of the team, how could you not root for this guy? I, mm-hmm. I don't know a Pacer fan that is low on Andrew Nimhart. The reaction he gave after he hit the game winner against the Lakers will forever be embedded into my head when I think of him with the water from everybody, you know, pouring water on him and stuff like that. And he's just soaking wet and he's just smiling. It's just great. It's just like, okay, this is the picture perfect. uh, This is the perfect picture of him, right? It's just like, I am a huge fan of him. I I think he's just a gamer, man. I love his feel for the game. I think that there's a lot of good players on this team that have decent feel, but I feel like his is right up there with like the top of the top. So just really, 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 really interesting player. Uh, It's weird to think about, but year two, I feel like this could be a huge year for him. It it really could. And I think a lot of it is going to come down to opportunity. Last year, he played nearly 28 minutes per game. That is way more minutes than anyone expected Andrew to play coming into the year. Now we're looking at this roster saying, well, we got to get him 28 minutes at least. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of talent around him that is going to be, you know, nipping at his heels for that that starting two spot so i i think that it's it's going to be tough we don't know the exact role that he'll be in oh but we know he's a vital part of this pacers team's success moving forward all right flashy i think that's a great way to get into this conversation now because we both once again have three goals maybe you have a bonus one wouldn't shock me if you do no, it's no. like it's always christmas with flashy you always get that extra present from your parents you're like well, you didn't have to get that. I thought we were only doing like three presents this year. Then you end up getting like six. Well, that's how Fachi is every time we do any of these lists. It's like, hey, let's do a top five. Fachi's like, well, I got a top seven for you. It's like, <laughs> who oh, wants to read the top seven? That's a well, top it's five. Like a secret Santa. You open up a gift and someone goes, what? I thought there was a $20 budget. This is outside the budget. Exactly, how, yes. How did this happen? You never know what you're going to get or unwrap on this show. So I'll leave it at that. But do you want me to go first, or do you want to go first? I'll let you pick. I mean, usually you do go first. I usually that do. is that is the norm. We could change it up though if you want. Hey, you, I'm. It's it's nearly the the season of giving, so <laughs> I'm feeling in a given mood. How about you go first? We're, we're like four months away from Christmas. Come on, <laughs> back half of the year. You know, I mean, Halloween's almost here, right? That trick or true. treat. Maybe that we could do in a, a series trick or treat or something like that later on <laughs> with the Pacers, but. All right, my biggest one here. I'm going to start out with the biggest one because I think it's the most important. It's where we can just kind of dive into it. I said, can he be a three roles in, in one guy? So it's kind of weird to phrase it like that. But here's what I'm saying. Can he be the Pacers' best perimeter defender, a starter, and the backup point guard? I think that those are the three things that he probably wants to do this year is do all three of those. And my goal for him is like, okay, can you become all those? Because I think if he can, then it shows why he is at least a top three most important player on this team moving forward. That's a lot to ask a young player in his second year. Hey, we want you to start next to Halliburton. We want you to guard the best perimeter player. And then we're going to sub you out uh, and put maybe one of like Bruce Brown, Buddy Hield in something like that. And now you're going to become our backup point guard and you're going to run the second unit. I don't know what that, load would look like minute wise, but I think that he could be averaging close to 30 minutes a game if that's the case. And I just feel like the goal for him, I guess, is to like achieve that because that means that you're doing everything that you're supposed to do to prove your worth. 
And I know it sounds like a lot to ask, but I do think that he can do that. He can. I mean, hey, best perimeter defender. Obviously, Bruce Brown is a really good defender in himself, but I feel that, you know, Andrew Nemhard is one of our best perimeter defenders. Mm-hmm. No doubt about that. Then you talk about could he could he win the starting job? Hey, he was the starter for the majority of the season. And then backup point guard, that's the role that we anticipated him to be in. So if he's not the starter, yeah, he's going to be that backup point guard. And even if he's not technically, you know, if he is starting and he's not the backup point guard, he's still the second best point guard on this team for this, yeah. this Pacers team. I mean, no, not a shot on McConnell, but it, it's just a different type of role, a different type of uh, point in his career. So Nemhard, big expectations, leads me into my first goal, which ties into yours. It's win the starting two-guard spot. Yeah, yeah. Because I think that you want to go into the season not saying, hey, I want to be the backup point guard. No, you you said, I want to be a starter, and if I fall shy, hey, you know what? I'm going to make my minutes. I'm going to make the most of them. So here's the thing. We know the starting point guard spot is not up for grabs. What about that two-guard spot where Nemhard logged 63 starts last year? I don't know. Players such as Matherin, Bruce Brown, Buddy Heald, they'll all be in the mix competing at the two and the three spots. However, you can make an argument that Andrew might be the most complete player out of the three of them or have the potential to be the most complete out of them. Then you look at Bruce Brown. This is a guy who's only started 60% of the games in his career. So maybe that's a role that he is most comfortable in. We'll see what happens, obviously, being the new shiny addition to the Pacers. Hey, he's probably going to get that love. Then next, there's Buddy Heald. It's not a guarantee that he's going to be here for the full season. We saw Buddy be the starter last year for the majority of the year. Before at the end of the year, you know, uh, Benedict Matherin stepped into Buddy's initial starting role. Anything could happen. But Nemhard should come into camp with every intention to reclaim, even though he hasn't lost it yet, his starting two-guard spot. If not, put the pressure on the players in front of him. I will say this. It was interesting when we had Chad Buchanan on when we were trying to pry that out of him. Who is going to be your starting two guard? You know, I I pushed for that a little bit because I wanted to hear him kind of maybe talk around it. But with those words, we could kind of dissect what he was trying to say. But it was like, no, it's going to be an open competition at training Mm -hmm. camp. That's what it is. Bottom line. And then I even thought it was interesting when Bruce Brown did his interview when he was introduced to the, 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 the media. He said, I'll come in, I'll be, I can be a starter, I can come off the bench, whatever the coach asked me to do. And okay, so it's like, even Bruce Brown at this point did not say, oh, I'm the starter. Like, he didn't come in here and have expectations to just be given that spot. So you do know that it's going to be an open, healthy competition. And I'm hoping, like you said, that Andrew Nimhard can really just run away with it and prove why he belongs. Because at the end of the day, Bruce Brown's only going to be here for the the most one year that we know like at minimum one year okay I shouldn't yes, say the most minimum. at minimum one year most two years on this deal right so it's one of those weird dynamics where it's like yes you're paying this guy a lot of money but at the same time he also is not guaranteed to be here long term so with Nimhard you're hoping that you are getting a long term piece yep. and one thing I always go back to is our conversation last season with Coach Thorpe and Coach Thorpe worked with Andrew in the off season during the pre-draft war, uh, process. And he just basically said, I think he's the next Drew Holiday. Yeah, he really did. He loved that comparison. And he didn't get away from it. And the more you watch him play, it's like, I don't know if he's there yet all the way, but 
let's just be honest here. If he can become a fraction of what Drew Holiday is, let's just say three-fourths. I mean, that'd be awesome. I was about to say 65, 70%. So right there on the same thinking. You don't let that guy slip through the cracks, and you don't trade him before his full potential is reached. So this is a guy that I think the Pacers need to hold on to long-term, need to make sure that he's happy. And instead of overthinking about only making Matherin happy, I think they need to focus on making Nimhart happy and not trying to pigeonhole him into, oh, just the backup point guard spot. I think he is way too talented to just be put like in that spot because he is six foot five, six foot six. He is a big guard that can play the one and the two. He's not limited strictly to being a point guard like a TJ McConnell. So that's why I think with you saying him being a starter, me saying him being a three for one kind of guy, there is potential for that to happen just because of his versatility. And we don't really have a lot of players like that on this roster. No, it's true. We don't. And we talked about how he could be a starting point guard on a handful of teams. Well, he could also be a starting two guard on a handful of teams. There's a lot of teams that Andrew Nemhart could be starting for. And going back to your point on Bruce Brown about how he mentioned, hey, I'll come off the bench if I have to, anything like that. I think the Pacers probably learned a little bit from the Jalen Smith re-signing that they're not just going to be gifting out starting spots because it could end up, uh, you know, biting you in the behind a, a little while later because Jalen went from being the starter to all of a sudden just out of the rotation at times pretty quickly. So you want to drive that competition. And then going back to your Drew Holiday analogy, Drew came a long way. Look, Drew was a solid player going into the league, but he blossomed into an all-star, then blossomed into someone that the Bucks traded, I believe, four first-round picks for. They, they or whatever it was, there was multiple first-round picks, three to four. He ended up being the missing link for them to win the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. And I know that's a lot of praise, but to say that Andrew Nembhard could develop into a Drew Holiday-type player is not a stretch. Yeah, and we love the Holiday brothers here, so might as well just we bring, do. Might as well bring the fourth one on, right? That's true. We've had uh, at this point three out of four. Yeah, so I uh, I'm all for it here, but let's keep it moving here now, Fachi. The next one I have is lead the team in steals per game. Okay. Last year, Tyrese Halliburton led the team in steals per game, which is a little bit shocking. I think it was about 1.6 steals per game for Tyrese. And I think Nimhard was at 0.9 last year. Mm -hmm. So he almost averaged a steal a game. Obviously, he played more games than Tyrese because Tyrese went down with the injury. But I think that if he's going to be guarding the best player, if he wants to really make his presence known on both ends of the floor, I think being the, the team leader in steals would be huge for him, for his confidence, and for... Him getting, him getting playing time. So I could say, oh, average more than one steal a game, whatever. Like, that's tough. I'm just saying lead the team in it because, honestly, I think that's something that's doable. I, I do think that he can be a better uh, stealer of the basketball than Tyrese Halliburton. However, if he is guarding the best player, Tyrese is going to have more opportunities to shoot gaps and that kind of thing. But I think at the same time, they're going to have different combinations out there where maybe Andrew's not always guarding the best player. So... Maybe he's guarding the second best player, the third best player. How how much better can he get defensively from year one to year two? I think that's going to be a huge goal for him. No, it is. It's always hard to predict certain stats like that because you look at a guy like Tyrese Halliburton, he's even said before, he's always been good at getting steals and poking it out, but he knows he's got a long way to go defensively. Mm-hmm. Nemhart, a real good defender, might not have had the sexiest steals numbers. We talked about 0.9 in about 28 minutes per game. 
Hal Burton, on the other hand, he's had 1.6 steals. Then with the Pacers, uh, you know, after the, the trade from Sacramento, 1.8. With Sacramento before that, 1.7. So he's done well at getting the steals per game. But I do think a player like Andrew Nemhard, who obviously stayed healthy, I mean, hey, maybe he leads us in overall steals. Steals per game, I would love to see that. But if Hal Burton's given you at least 1.5, yeah, that's going to be some healthy competition in that category. And that would definitely mean that the Pacers are coming up with far more turnovers than last year. If both of those guards are averaging 1.5 to somewhere around two steals, maybe it's 1.5 and 1.7. Mm-hmm. I would love to see that. Well, we know that Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald had a little competition last year who could have the most dunks. And I even I saw like, Tyrese like poke, with this. poke some fun at Buddy Heald on social media about them having the same dunk number. Uh, in terms of their rating. Here's what I want to see. Tyrese, let's up the ante. Let's see if you can get more steals for the season than Andrew Nimhart. Let's have a steals competition. I think that's a lot more interesting than a dunks competition. So, you know, it's he's going to have his work cut out for him because I, I think that Tyrese's numbers might have been down a little bit in terms of steals per game had he played an extra 15, 20 games that he didn't play. So that's all that's going to matter to me in, in terms of like that kind of stuff. But I'm just hoping Nimhart can stay healthy. Well, I mean, we haven't really said that for any of our goals, but like that should be on every single player's goal. Yeah, of course. Of Stay course. healthy. <laughs> you know? so, but- We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But th- that's the thing. I just I would love to see him lead in steals per game. And speaking of stay healthy, let's take a basketball timeout. Aaron Rodgers done for the year, Fachi. I mean, that was that, that was, was brutal. I mean, you're a New York person. I know you're not a Jets fan, but no, 
my my brother is a diehard Jets fan. All my friends are. I mean, it was it was bad. I mean, my brother's like, I don't even know if I can watch football anymore. I mean, people were getting real dramatic with it. Like, you know, it was the whole Aaron Rodgers era lasted as a Jet. Four snaps. Ten minutes. Yeah. Four snaps. Not good at all. Uh, you know, I got I got my wife sitting next to me. She she cannot um gauge injuries at all. This is the same person who saw Clay Thompson rupture his Achilles and she's like, Oh, come on, get up. Like he's fine. I'm like, babe, he, he ended up being out for a year. It yeah. ended up being two years because there was another injury. But for Aaron Rodgers, just you feel for him because I, I just feel like there was a lot of hype behind the Jets. They were on hard knocks. Maybe people are talking Super Bowl out of nowhere for a team that hasn't accomplish anything in any of our lifetimes but at this point you don't want to see a guy go out like that rogers turning your 40 years old he'll have a full year to recover hopefully we see him back out there next year i kind of hope he comes back just for one more year so he doesn't go out that way no one wants to see that yeah you know unless you hate him and you're a packers fan did you see that that, did you see that uh bar in, in wisconsin no i did not so they were giving out free drinks if the jets um lost the game hmm. so everybody like the bar was giving out free drinks the jets lose if aaron Rodgers loses then the drinks are on the house so everybody when they saw him get hurt started running up their tab well then wow. they came back and won on overtime it was a really good game though it was yeah. I stayed up for that and that was uh it was just it was a sloppy game it, it was but like it just felt like the game was never over i mean the jets defense kept a minute all of True. a sudden bill's going for a 50 yard field goal and it hits off the upright it goes in goes over time punt return you know for a touchdown you don't see that quite often so i thought it, that was a good monday night football game but uh yeah all jet fans they got one win but they don't know how many more they're gonna get i mean we definitely saw the curse of new york sports happen this weekend between the giants getting beat 40 to nothing and then the jets losing aaron Rodgers in the first four snaps i will Ooh. say this the frozen envelope has been a curse on the new- state of new york yep. ever since I think so. Uh, you know what, David Stern? That's fine with me. You can keep the curse on New York, and we'll take uh, – who did we get that draft? Wayman Tisdale? Yeah, it was uh, – I think it was Chuck Person, actually. Well, uh, really? I thought we had the second overall pick. Was it Chuck Person? I believe it was Chuck Person. And that's a good trivia question. Yeah. Uh, I can't even me, remember at this point. Let me look that up right now. That's a good question. I, I could be wrong. You're the, you're the guru over here. Yeah, I believe it's Chuck. It was – oh, no, it was it was not. Who was, was it? Was it? Why am I blanking on that? 1985 NBA draft. Google search. I'm going at it. Because I think Chuck Person was like 87, wasn't he? Yeah, he was a couple years later. Yeah. It was indeed Wayman Tisdale. Oh, yeah. let's go. There you go. All there right. You, go. you got the Jermaine one on me the other day. I got this one on you today. So here yep. we go, baby. <laughs> I mean, hey, Wayman, you know, good player. You know, I, I not the same career as Patrick Ewing, but. Yeah, <laughs> not Wayman, even close. Not even close. And that's one way to put it. But all right. Well, let's get I, back to Andrew Nimhard because I, I'm curious. This is a real question. Would he be a better quarterback option for the Jets than Zach Wills? Andrew Nimhard? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Imagine him as a Jets quarterback. Hey, six foot five back there. I mean that, that the that's pro, unbelievable. It, oh yeah. He'd he'd be able to move around. It, it it would be nice to see Zach Wilson. There ain't much faith over there. But for, <laughs> for my second goal. For Andrew Nimhart, shoot 37 to 38% from three-point three. land. That's been one of your big ones on every player. It, it really has. We're going to be the best shooting team in the world. 
because here's the thing. You look at a guy like Andrew Neymar, you're not going to be like, we need five rebounds per game from him. Or like, lead us in assists. Like, no, that, that's not going to happen. But yeah. Andrew Neymar may have shot just 35% from three last year. But Neymar can shoot. Yeah, Everybody remembers that game-winning three against the Lakers that you talked about. But it wasn't a fluke. No. As a senior at Gonzaga, he shot 38% from three on just over four attempts per game. Pretty good numbers. Last year, he shot 40% from three through the month of November, and it was 36% in December, and there was a rough patch. It went from January through February, he shot just 29%. So, not great. Yeah. But finished the year strong. March through April, shot 39%. On the majority of those months, you could say, you don't need to say an elite three-point shooter, but a near- 40% three-point shooter, which anybody would love. Therefore, I feel like he can take that leap from 35 to, say, 37 to 38%. And maybe the temps come down a little bit, depending on, you know, if his minutes come down a little bit. But I think that it'll it'll just only help him be more efficient. And I think that Andrew Nemard is a guy that I'm saying it right now, shoots over 37% from three-point land this year. I'll just okay. say this. We we see the numbers dip in January and February, right? That's Classic because stuff. it's because these guys aren't used to playing 82 yep, game exactly. seasons. And it's one of those get things. Tired. They're not used to playing that much basketball. The competition's a lot harder. They play longer. They probably play more minutes or oh, more yeah. taxing minutes, I guess you could say. In the NBA, it's a lot more running because the court's bigger. you got more challenging defensive schemes that are going in place. You're not sitting there in a zone where you can kind of get your breath a little bit sometimes playing college basketball. It's just a totally different game. And I think that a lot of these guys, I mean, you also got to remember they're starting to get tape on them by that point too. So teams can figure Mm -hmm. out their tendencies and what they like and stuff like that. So it just makes it more challenging when you're a rookie hitting that December, January, February wall. I think a lot of those guys really benefit from the all-star break. I think it's a refresh and then they come back strong and finish out the year play a little bit looser. And I think also knowing that they weren't going to make the playoffs, like didn't feel like they had to go out there with a ton of pressure on them to like make up for it. Because Andrew Nimhard, I felt like he really did struggle when Tyrese went out with the injury in that month of January. Mm-hmm, he did. It just felt like, man, there was just something missing with him. And McConnell was the better point guard option a lot of times. And then you'd see them out there together a lot too. So I totally understand that. And hey, you know what? I think if he can shoot that well, plus be that good defensively, you're talking about a guy that's going to start getting some major recognition across the league. And he could become one of your most valuable trade bait pieces if he continues to play like that. I'm not saying I want to trade him. No. But I'm saying there's going to be a lot of teams that are like, we got to get our hands on him. So because I think he's got that potential to be a starter in this league long term. And, hey, if he can be some, like we talked about, a 75% of Drew Holiday, like who wouldn't want that player? So, Many, Pacers, many would want. Pacers should want him and should want to keep him here long term. I think Rick Carlisle loves him to death. I mean, Rick don't play rookies like that. So the fact that he didn't, the fact changed. that Rick was so committed to playing Andrew and knew he was their best option, that speaks volumes to his game. It really does, and I feel like Nemard made it tough for Rick not to play him because yeah. we looked at this roster. We even said, I mean, we'll never forget this when we had him on the first time, Andrew Nemard. We were like, you know, would you be opposed to playing in the G League? What do you think of that? Like, we were really, you know, not to say selling them short, but we knew it was going to be tough 
for him to just get all these minutes with Halliburton and TJ McConnell and, and everybody else that was on the roster. And it's just like after one game, right when Emmard got in there, he wasted no time, immediately took off and became just a mainstay in the lineup. It was not like he was playing like five minutes, six minutes. His first game against San Antonio, he plays 30 minutes, drops 14 points, and never looks back. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it was absolutely the right move, and now we want more. We want more, baby. We want more, and I'm going to give you my last season goal here because we want more. The fans want more. The listeners want more. And we're going to stay with shooting percentages, Fachi, but I'm looking at the free throw percentage. Okay. All right, all right. 79% last year on point eight attempts. Not great. I would love to see him shoot this sounds like a low number, but three free throws a game. Whoa. And That'd be a would, big jump. I, I know, but that means he's going to be a little bit more aggressive, and I think maybe he can be as the backup point guard if that's his role, where he's not necessarily just playing next to Tyrese and just kind of being a, a floor spacer. I think not having uh, Benedict Matherin in, in that second unit is going to probably help him a little bit. Because I think Ben's going to start. I just kind of get that feeling. I feel like upper management yeah, definitely wants I, I to see so. their top six pick get in the starting lineup and see what they can do long term with him. But and he probably earned it too to a certain degree. But I, I definitely think that when it comes to to Nimhart, I want to see him average at least three free throw attempts per game, and I think he can shoot eighty five percent from the line. I mean, he shot I think like I said seventy nine percent, but it was like point seven out of point eight you know on the yeah, field yeah, goal, or the free throw mm-hmm. attempts and free throw makes or whatever so it's like if he just gets that gets to the line more i think he's gonna be more efficient because he's a good shooter like you said so i think it just kind of goes in line with what you're talking about in terms of him increasing his three-point percentage but i just think he's probably figuring out ways to be more aggressive and three free throws doesn't seem like that much to me but in retrospect, it, it does seem quite a bit compared yeah, to exactly. where he was at last year. I was like, I wanted to write like one and a half, too, but I was like, that just sounds so I know. It doesn't sound good Give on paper. One and a half free throws per game. It's like, okay. Um, but yeah, no, I hear you on that. Say to jump from point eight to three, it doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're not taking a big step forward minute-wise, mm-hmm. I think it does become tough. And one thing we also got to remember Nemar was a real good distributor. He, he yeah. really was. He had some games where there was a lot of assists, and that's kind of what we love is some of his playmaking capabilities. I kind of wanted to tie in something about, you know, assists. I guess I shouldn't spoil my next one, but just to kind of go through, um, you know, some free throw numbers, his senior season at Gonzaga, he shot 87% from the free throw line. However, it was only on 1.7 attempts. Okay. So I don't know if it's in his game to be able to get to, three free throw attempts maybe yeah. just yet but i would love to see it even if he goes from 0.8 to like say 2.2 two is good honestly awesome. two's good. two would be a solid jump it's more than double i know it still doesn't sound like it's going to make this massive impact on the pacers but that's a good step forward all right without looking i don't know if you've seen it or not but how many free throw attempts do you think tyrese halliburton averaged last year per game three and change 3.6 okay, so yeah. And we know Tyrese is probably a little bit more aggressive looking for a shot as he led the team in a field goal attempts last year, which was something that they asked him to kind of do is take more of a shoot the ball more role. Mm-hmm. That to me, maybe I was a little bit too high shooting for the stars with three free throw attempts per game. It doesn't sound like a lot when you're writing it down, but yeah, maybe I maybe I should tamper my expectations a little bit and 
bring it down to two. I'm not going to change it that much. It's just one less per game. So he has to make 82 less free throws or at least attempt 82 less free throws than I was asking him to. So go out there and give me about 165 for the seed. All right. We'll we'll see what he he can do. I think at that point, you know what? I, I think he can do it assuming that he stays healthy. And I do think that we'll see a more aggressive, you know, Andrew. So yeah. I'm excited for that. But my last goal, be on the floor in closing minutes. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing. MR may not have the name, may not have the contract, may not have the draft stock that the players of a Benedict Matherin, Buddy Heald, Bruce Brown possess. But when the Pacers need to stop, he very well might be their best or second best option. Yeah. You know, from a guard spot. Bruce Brown has that opportunity to slide down to the three. So Andrew Nemhard, you can make an argument, could very well be the best defensive guard on this Pacers team. So sometimes it isn't about who starts games, but more about who finishes games. And I think that Nemhard's a type of talent who brings just a little bit of everything to the table, similar to what you mentioned before, that when you want to play winning basketball, it might be hard to keep this guy off the court. Okay, I'm going to give you a little bit of an over-under here, Fachi. I'm curious your thoughts. Okay, let's just assume everybody plays 82 games. We're not going to factor in injuries right now. Okay, out of 82 games, the number is set at 65 in terms of how many games Andrew Nimhart closes for the Pacers. Do you think that's over or under if he's in that lineup? I'd say probably under. Okay. My thinking is, if they're in a close game or they're in closing games, he's probably going to be out there for the majority of them. I, w- I would like him to. 65 out of 82 is most definitely like the majority, you know? Yeah. So even if you said under, it could be 64, and he could still play the majority, right? Yes. It's just I set it at a high bar because I think he's going to close a lot of games because of his defensive ability and being mm-hmm. one of the better defenders on the team. We've talked about that a lot this offseason, so we're just kind of milking that cow a little bit, talking about it again, but... I also think you have to realize, like, yeah, some of these games are going to be blowouts. You're not going to win every game. Yeah. It's not going to ever, not every game is going to be super tight. So I probably lean with you, but I think I'm probably more in like the 60 range because I determined I was debating if I should give you 60 or 65. But I think if you do about 60, that's about 75% of the games. And I think that feels about right for in terms of how many games we think he closes this year on the court, whether it's with Tyrese or without. Yeah, because even if you said, all right, 55 to 82, that's still decently above, you know, the majority. So I think that even that would be a really good sign to see. But I'm just, I'm just wondering, I don't know. I mean, for for a guy like Benedict Matherin, I I just, I know that's not the topic of this episode, but that's the thing is like, is Matherin on the floor? Mm. Because I feel like you're going to want Bruce Brown on the floor at the end. I just feel that that's, you're kind of bringing them in to get key stops when it matters yeah. most. But that other spot, you're not going to have Halliburton on the bench. I'll tell you that. So Nemhard, Matherin, Buddy Heald, it feels like it's between the three of them. And I don't know if it's going to be Buddy. We'll see, though. <laughs> Carlisle's going to ride the hot hand. Yes, That's for yes. sure. And We've seen Bruce, that before. If Bruce is having a better defensive game than Nemhard that game, then I am guarantee Bruce is going to get the minutes, and they're probably going to want to have Ben out there for the scoring op, uh, you know, opportunities because Ben just puts a little bit more pressure on defenses in different ways than an Andrew Nemhard does. So, you know, that that's not a knock on Nemhard because he's not the same type of player that Benedict is, but that's what makes him so fun to watch together because 
I think that Tyrese, Andrew, and Benedict can all really complement each other very well, especially if you have Benedict, who's not known for his playmaking, out there with two guys that are known for their playmaking. That is going to help the offense quite a bit. But I'm curious to see just how it all plays out because, you know me, I'm I'm super high. I'm probably higher than I should be on Nimhard. And it's, I don't know. I think you have every right to be. I think we all should. Yeah. I'll just say this. Um, there's a video that I retweeted last week from our good friend S who actually was a part of our setting the pace mock draft that we did. And I totally blanking on where he covers sports at, but he's a great follow on Twitter. I'll make sure that I retweet that video out on Thursday, Friday this week. But basically he shared his season preview for the Pacers. And I think he had them close to like 47 wins this year. And that. he said that the reason he thinks that they're going to be so good is because he thinks Nimhard makes a jump. He didn't even say Matherin. And he is from Canada. He's a Raptors guy. So he is from Canada. So he's very familiar with Andrew Nimhard being from Canada. Same with Matherin. But it wasn't even about Matherin. It was about Nimhard. He just said if if, if Nimhard can continue to grow the way he, that he did his rookie season, there's no way I don't see this Pacers team getting close to 45, 47 wins. And I thought, man, were we underselling him as someone that watches this team even closer? So I don't know. It just, if there's a league wide recognition of who Andrew Nimhard can become, you know, he's going to be the not so best kept secret. He's going to be the best known commodity out there in terms of role players that could be easily on a lot of people's trade targets. I do think it's going to take some time due to the lack of national televised games for the Pacers, but amongst the NBA, I think they're going to start to really learn the name Andrew Nimhard. I think yeah. that he's he's going to do all the right things. He's working hard, and I already feel like that's going to be a player on those teams' radars, especially when the Pacers are calling them or maybe you know, they're calling the Pacers of who's available. I think Andrew's name is going to be one that comes up a lot, and it's a really telling sign that I mentioned it before. As good of a rookie season, I was going to say great, but as good of a rookie season – that Benedict Matherin had, I do feel there's been far more buzz for Andrew Nemhard this offseason, and that says a lot. And while I didn't tie it in as my last goal, uh, you know, Nemhard's assist to turnover ratio, I loved it. I yeah. loved it. It was 4.5 to 1.7 uh, turnovers. So I thought that was really good. I think he protected the ball well, and I think that that's something that he can continue to even get better at, which then you have Halliburton and Nemhard being able to really distribute and protect the rock. Not many teams have a duo like that. Mm -hmm. And TJ McConnell, I mean, that used to be his calling card as well. At times McConnell was, you know, between four and five assists per turnover. So this Pacers team, I think is going to do a great job distributing the rock, but also protecting it. And Andrew, Andrew Nemhard is one of those guys that could take that big leap this year. Totally agree, Fachi, and we know Rick Carlisle loves having two ball handlers on the floor for the majority of the game, so this could be beneficial to TJ McConnell as well, like you said, but I think Andrew Nemhard that does play in his favor, and we know that Bruce Brown is a good playmaker as well, mm -hmm. and the rookie Jairus Walker has playmaking abilities, so Carlisle loves guys that, gets, uh, that, that can get other players involved, so that is only just helping Nimhard's case for why he should be out there more. But with that being said, I think that's going to wrap up this episode of the season goals. Let the people know where they can find us at on social media. Absolutely. So you can find us on Twitter at setting the pace three. You can find Alex on Twitter at Alex golden NBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F a C C I. 
You can find us on Instagram at Pacers Talk. You can find us on Facebook at Setting the Pace. You can find us on TikTok at Setting the Pace. And Alex, tell them where they can check us out on YouTube. Ladies and gentlemen, go to youtube.com slash setting the pace of Pacers podcast where you can find all of our video content out there. Hope you guys enjoy our episode with Derek Schultz, which was a lot of fun to discuss all things Pacers with him. But if you haven't already, please leave us a five-star rating interview over on Apple Podcasts. We are very close to reaching the 300 mark. We want to do that before the season starts. And we know the numbers have been down a little bit because people are excited for football in September, but Pacers basketball will be back before you know it. So for those of you that have hung with us and are still listening to these episodes when we've been going deep and stuff, uh, that doesn't really seem to be like the normal talking points. Thank you so much for hanging in there with us. But Fachi, if you're excited to see Andrew Nimhar put together a successful sophomore season, then hit me with those three words. Let's go Pacers. Let's go Pacers. Setting the pace, going to the top. Setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast. Sweeping every team. We gonna need a mop. Smooth. Mm-hmm.